Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. A few weeks ago, in playing my role as, as new daddy again, I was looking for activities for my children. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I, we were talking over lunch as well on this. I'm not exactly the person who stays at home all the time, and so I was going a wee bit stir-crazy. And, um, and uh, getting the, looking for opportunities to take the kids out to places. And a few weeks ago, there was the, a re- Civil War reenactment down in Napanee. And so um, we piled all the kids up, and we went down there on the hottest day of the year so far. It was like 93 degrees to spend all day outside. And it was a good day. And one of the things that was interesting on that day is that um, all these different reenactors and all the things they do, and, and if you know me, that's just right up my alley. And um, one thing that was interesting is that there was a, a chaplain who was there, and he was reenacting um, as if he was playing the role of a particular chaplain who was a per- part of a particular unit in the Civil War. And he had a tent there that was all set up like a historical um, camp meeting place um, for the different um, sides of the army and, and had different things. And one of the things that they had there were a bunch of reprints of gospel tracts that were distributed to the soldiers. And that was fascinating. So they, those were free to pick up because, you know, here they are, a bunch of Civil War buffs coming to a Civil War reenactment, and they're passing out the reenactment tracks. Same tracks that were being distributed during the war to soldiers are being distributed to the reenactors. And guess what? The gospel doesn't change. And so um, they're in some ways just as relevant as they were way back then. Um, but one of the tracks was really fascinating to me as um, we read through those different tracks. And the title of this track is, It It Was Not Time for Him to Die. And it told the story of two people. And this was later in the war because it had to do with the Battle of Gettysburg. And you know that battle, right? Probably the most famous battle in the Civil War where you had 92 thousand Confederate troops or, or Union troops and then 91,000 Confederates all converging on a little Pennsylvania town of Gettysburg. But the story that was told in this track was about not a, any soldiers that came amongst those throngs of armies, but of two residents at Gettysburg. And it turns out that there in Gettysburg, overlooking one of the valleys, was an old veteran. His name was John Burns. He was uh, 69 years old, and he was a veteran from the War of 1812. And he knew this was coming, and he saw the armies, and he sat on his front porch and watched it. And as he was watching it, he decided, phooey this, I'm going to go join in the battle. So at 69 years old, John Burns digs through his stuff, finds his uniform from the War of 1812, and um, he goes and he joins up with the Union Army in this battle at 69 years old. Well, he gets shot. 
but he keeps going. He gets shot a second time, and he keeps going. At that point, he quit counting. He just kept going. And that battle ended, and John Burns went back home, and he had five bullet flesh wounds. He'd been hit five times in the battle. He lived for another nine years and died of old age nine years later. So a veteran of the War of 1812 at 69 years old joins up with the unions and his hometown of Gettysburg gets shot five times, survives it, lives nine more years, and he finally dies in 1872 of natural causes. Meanwhile, there is a mother of young children. Her name is Jeannie Wade, and she too lives in Gettysburg. Now, unlike John Burns, she was not sitting on her front porch watching the battle and watching the armies gather up against each other. She was inside trying to care for her children and family and trying to stay as safe as possible. In fact, her home wasn't even really in any dangerous place in relation to the battlefield. But in the midst of that battle, one stray bullet, shot at random, flew through two solid wood doors and lodged itself in her heart, and she died instantaneously. You think, wow, John Burns gets hit five times, and he survives them all. And here, this young mother, a stray boy, goes through two doors, solid wood doors, and lodges in her heart. Well, this, both of these stories were told in this gospel track. And the appeal of the track was, death may come. Is it, and when it is your time, are you ready? 69-year-old, 1812 veteran, got hit five times and survived it. Jeannie Wade got hit by a stray bullet and didn't, without warning. And the question was asked, are you ready? Are you ready for when death comes? This made me begin to think it is indeed two powerful stories to remind us that life and death is not in our own hands, but is in the hand of God. This past week, I had the privilege, and you might sound that, think that sounds strange, but so often pastors get privileges of visiting with dying people. And um, went to visit Mr. Smith. I don't know if you're watching. But um, he's not doing well. He was transferred to hospice care this week, and... Um, Every day he'll get weaker and weaker, and um, we don't know how long he will last. But the question always comes in those cases, Jesus, why don't you just take me? What's the purpose? 
What's the purpose? Take me home. Take me home. And I'm reminded again that life and death is in the hand of the Lord. In his case, Mr. Smith, it's anticipated at any moment. We may get a phone call here yet before the service that he's gone to heaven. Anticipated. In the case of John Burns, you might have thought it anticipated. Old man going out in the battlefield. How much less of the young mother caring for her family as the war rages outside her home. I'm left with several things. One is that life and death is in the hand of God. And you know that should bring us comfort. Do you ever think about it? It should bring us comfort. It's in his time. But it also reminds me as we consider communion today, on this day of independence, of celebrating independence, of something Jesus said in John 10 that's really fascinating. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Oh, this spring we memorized these verses, didn't we? Jesus was talking about him being the good shepherd. And he said, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. These statements are profound. These statements are amazing. They're a declaration of Christ's deity, the fact that he is God, holding the power and the authority over death. So often when we gather together at the communion table, partake of the bread and cup, we think back and we remember when Jesus died. And sometimes, lest we catch ourselves, we envision those Roman soldiers killing him. Did you know it really didn't work that way? In that entire situation, he surrendered himself, yes, indeed, to their power. But all the while, it was in his power. And so we hear these stories of Jeannie Wade and John Burns and others who have died in our lives. And we remember the one who has power over life and over death. And that's one of the things that as we gather today, we remember, and in some ways, we celebrate. The Lord Jesus Christ that day went to that cross to give his life for you and for me. He could have called 12 legions of angels to deliver him. He could have spoken a word, and all of them fall down flat. I mean, he did speak two words, and everybody fell down flat. He could have said those same words and they fall down dead. He had the 
the power. He had the authority. And that whole situation was by no means an accident. It was a wonderful declaration of his love for you and me. And so let us rejoice this afternoon as we remember that old rugged cross that Jesus holds the power of life and death. This time, we observe as believers that reality. But perhaps there might be some here who haven't yet believed. Communion is for those who have believed, those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ because we are giving thanks and remembering it. So if you haven't believed and haven't received Jesus, don't, don't partake of communion. What you need to do is partake of Jesus. Trust in him, receive him this day. And then you can join us in this special time of celebration and remembering what Jesus did for us on that old rugged cross. So as we prepare for the time of communion, if you take your hymnal and turn to hymn number 132, the old rugged cross.